This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Welcome to In Legal Terms from MPB Think Radio, the show all about you and your rights. I'm Liz Gill. I'm with Professor Richard Gershon of the University of Mississippi School of Law. Hello, Professor Gershon. Good morning, Liz. How are you this morning? Uh, I am excellent. I got no water in my house with the flood, so packing up all of my belongings and putting them in a rental truck uh, staved off the uh, Pearl River Valley Water Authority gods and kept the, the water from actually getting into my house from the slab. So I'm happy about that. Well, I'm glad. And, you know, of course, we're thinking about everyone who was affected by the flood and and hoping that this will be a better week. And, you know, I, I'm really one of the things I love about doing this show is that we get a chance to showcase some of the things, uh, you know, the people who have graduated from the University of Mississippi School of Law and all that they've done uh, throughout the state and the region. And, you know, we produce governors and lieutenant governors, and we're proud to produce the current uh, Secretary of State, Michael Watson. And it's great to have uh, Secretary Watson on today. Uh, it's great to be here, and I appreciate all that you guys do. And obviously some fine memories from my time at Ole Miss, uh, undergrad and law school, and I uh, appreciate the, the education that I received there and the, the hard work of men and women, uh, the great professors that we had. Uh, it's really prepared me for the job that we have in front of us now. Well, we appreciate the job you're doing. And can you, can you tell us a little bit more about your background and, and how you became, uh, decided to become Secretary of State? <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, just background-wise, I'm, I'm from Pascagoula, born and raised there. Uh, my dad worked at Ingalls Shipyard. He was a, a great shipbuilder, and I uh, appreciate all that those guys do and, and what they did for our family. Uh, my mom was a bank teller and went on to work in the school systems and then for the uh, late Alf Dantzler. So uh, my dad entered the ministry, I guess I was in probably second grade, he decided to go into the ministry from the, the shipbuilding industry. And uh, we went off to Bible college and then came back about three years later. So I uh, grew up as a preacher's kid and really enjoyed that. It was uh, looking back now, I don't know that there could have been a better training ground for uh, for a, a, a political individual. Just the, the, the service mentality that's kind of drilled into your heart, uh, serving others uh, and caring about others more than yourself. Uh, it's, it's something I've carried with me and my parents really drilled that into my mind. And, uh, and it just became a piece of my heart and, and what I'd like to do for Mississippians. And so just having the opportunity to serve them has been uh, such a treat for me. But grew up in Pascagoula and uh, finished at Pascagoula High School and then obviously went off to Ole Miss undergrad and law school. And I guess in uh, 99, went to Washington, D.C. to Page, uh, not Page, to intern with Senator Trent Lott when he was majority leader there. And we had... Um, we hit it off earlier in, in my life and, and kept a good friendship and just always enjoyed being around him and learning from him. And uh, he's been a great mentor to me, uh, just the things I've learned from him over my time. And uh, again, he was another Ole Miss guy. So uh, we had that relationship as well. And a Pascagoula guy, too. So uh, kind of reignited those flames of, of public service and, and helping others uh, when I was in D.C. with him and came back home and finished law school in 03 and moved back to Pascagoula and worked at a defense firm there and practiced law. Uh, and then in 07, you know, kind of started thinking about, you know, I think I think now may be the right time. And uh, Randy gets a 16-year incumbent. Uh, he was the finance chairman. So a lot of folks kind of said, Michael, uh, you've lost your mind. And uh, I remember kind of the, the political godfather at the time in Jackson County said, look, just don't get beat too badly. Uh, maybe you can maybe you can pull it off next time. I just had a piece about it. I felt like that's what the Lord had, had, had put in my heart and uh, was the right move for us. And we worked hard and won. And uh, so I was in the state Senate for three terms and really 
really kind of to the Secretary of State's office, uh, sat down with Governor Bryan a couple, I guess about maybe a year and a half ago now, maybe two years, and had this conversation in his office. He was coming to the end of his term, and I'd always kind of thought, you know, at some point in time, I'm not going to spend my life in politics. Maybe it's just time to go home now. And he said, I said, well, what are you going to do? And I said, look, uh, Governor, I don't have to have this place. I can uh, I can go home and be a dad and be a lawyer and uh, be a husband. And, you know, those are the things that really define me and my relationship with Christ and my relationship with my family and others. It's not my title as a state senator or anything else. And he kind of looked at me and said, well, have you ever thought about Secretary of State? And I said, no, sir, I haven't. I never thought about Secretary of State. Never wanted to be Secretary of State. And he said, well, you know, look, you're a small business owner. You're an attorney. Uh, you've done election law and other issues in the, in the legislature while you've been here. I think it's a great fit. You should you should think about that. And so, you know, kind of one of those conversations that you walk out of the room, you think, man, that was that was really cool. The governor just suggested that I run for a statewide office uh, and just kind of forgot about it. And uh, you try to forget about it. But it's one of those things that just keeps coming back and you, you can't get out of your mind. And so I sat down and kind of thought through, listen, it's a big office, a lot of responsibilities. Uh, the first question is, do you, do you feel like you can handle them? Do you understand the law and the duties of the office uh, well enough to serve Mississippians to the degree that they deserve? And so we, we checked that box off and felt like we did and uh, sat down with my wife and, and we talked through it and, and obviously prayed about it and just got a good piece about it and felt like it was the right thing for our family, the right thing for me and uh, the right thing for Mississippi. So we launched our campaign and, and here we are. So it, it's been a great ride. And uh, again, you know, uh, beautiful wife, Lauren, and she's uh, she's smarter than I am, a better politician politician than I am. Uh, I, could, I could talk about her for the whole hour, but uh, three little girls, Gracie Pierce, Annie, and uh, Cora Beth. So got a great little family, and, and we just love um, we love Mississippi, and we love serving the people. Well, Mr. Secretary, it's a good thing you, you love Mississippi because you're currently engaged in an 82-county uh, tour, so you're going to be all over. And uh, can, can you tell us about that tour and what, what the purpose is? Yeah, absolutely. We, we came into office early on and made a commitment to visit all 82 counties, and uh, we saw we saw a whole lot of them during the campaign, but our purpose here is to meet with all of our circuit clerks and as many elections commissioners as possible. Uh, those are the folks that see these issues on the front lines every day, uh, you know, be it registering voters or, or purging voter rolls or, uh, you know, running these elections. Uh, we are a bottom-up state, so uh, our counties handle the elections. And uh, the Secretary of State's office really is a repository of information. Um, you know, we, we hold the statewide election management system, and we have, uh, you know, attorneys in office who advise on campaign finance laws or election law, and, uh, but, but the counties are the ones that really do uh, the hard work. So we decided, listen, I want to meet with all of them and, and understand what they do better and, and also just build that partnership on the front end, uh, build a friendship that's based on trust uh, and one that um, people say, look, he cared enough to come to our office, uh, so let's give him the benefit of the doubt and let's work together. And I tell them on the front end, listen, I'm, I'm a conservative and uh, we may not always agree on everything, uh, but at least we'll have that relationship and kind of that bedrock to start from uh, where when things come up, we can talk about it and be adults and, and figure out the best path forward for Mississippi. Uh, so I've, I've been learning all kinds of things uh, from our commissioners and our clerks. Uh, but again, the, the relationship piece and no matter where you go uh, and no matter what county you're in, we all want the same thing. We want what's best for our children. We want what's best for our state, what's best for our families and our communities. Uh, so kind of starting with that understanding and, and hearing that from Mississippians around the state has been so uh, rewarding for me. Uh, but but to learn more, again, about what our commissioners are doing, what our clerks are doing, makes me a better secretary of state and helps our office uh, have that uh, broader vision of understanding you know, what's happening on the ground level and, and how we can better serve them. 
What are some of the things you've learned on the tour so far uh, from talking to the clerks and being in the counties? Yeah, so uh, really, I think one of the things we start off with is, is what are the things that we can do better? What are the changes that you see uh, that may be necessary that, that we can work on as we move forward? And uh, there's been kind of three, really. Uh, the biggest one so far uh, that I've heard is, is this the Have a Fund, Help America Vote Act. Uh, so we're trying to come up with a consensus uh, of what our counties want to do with those dollars. Uh, obviously, those are federal dollars that come down to help with our elections, uh, securing our election systems. Uh, so we, we're trying to build a consensus on that and which direction the counties want to go. Uh, the second big piece uh, is kind of hearing this, the, the questions about absentee voting. And uh, we want to possibly revamp that system. Uh, the clerks have kind of said, listen, we would suggest uh, that these uh, the absentee vote would be the final vote. Uh, so, so currently, obviously, if you absentee vote and you're in town on election day, you can go vote again, uh, and that should cancel out your first vote. But uh, they've said, listen, we, we think that should be the final vote. And then also, let, let's process those at the courthouse. Uh, the current system is, you know, when someone absentee votes, uh, those votes are then sent out to the precincts, and they have to be counted after the election day. So, you know, imagine you've got an older poll, poll worker that um, has worked 12, 14 hours, and, and God bless our poll workers. Thank goodness for them. Uh, we'll talk about poll workers a little bit later as well. But imagine, you know, they, they've worked, they're tired. Uh, so a lot of times, uh, kind of what we've been hearing is uh, sometimes they'll make a mistake. And somebody that should have been allowed to vote, uh, their vote would have been, you know, discarded. And some folks that should not have been allowed to vote, their vote may have been counted. So uh, just a few issues that they've talked about on absentee voting. And so they think it would be better if that would be the final vote, and then they would be proud at the courthouse. So uh, the have a dollars, uh, absentee voting, and then just the general open lines of communication. Uh, you know, they, they appreciate the, the fact that we're willing to listen and that we want to we want to talk to them. And again, I've told them uh, I'm, a, I'm a conservative and the idea that local control is, is the best. Uh, so I'm never going to try to be the guy that says you have to do this or you have to do that. Now, I may encourage one way or the other, uh, but but for them to know, I, I want to hear them. I want to know what's best for them at their county, uh, at the local level. And, and hopefully we can implement that statewide. So it, it's been fun. Uh, and again, those relationships are just uh, so enriching uh, to, to see beautiful faces of Mississippians all across the board and all across the state, and then to learn while you're doing the same thing. So uh, it, it's been good. We're going to continue our discussion with Secretary of State Michael Watson after the break. We're going to learn about the SIP plan. Does your state license or ID have a star on it? Run, go check while we take this quick break. You're listening to In Legal Terms on MPB Think Radio. Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit, you get information about foods you should eat to stay in good health and tips on how to stay active. I'm Dr. Josie Bidwell, host of Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit and Associate Professor of Preventive Medicine at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. Listen to the show every Monday at 11 or subscribe to the podcast by searching for Southern Remedy with your preferred podcasting app. The legal information presented on In Legal Terms is meant to provide general information about the topics discussed and is not necessarily the opinion of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. The information conveyed does not create any type of attorney-client relationship. Please consult an attorney provider before making any decisions about your specific legal questions. 
You're listening to In Legal Terms. You can listen to the whole show on our website, inlegalterms.mpbonline.org. It's also available on the MPB Public Media app, as are all our local shows, and on whatever podcasting platform you choose for your smart device. I'm Liz Gill here with Professor Richard Gershon from the University of Mississippi School of Law. This morning, we're talking with Michael Watson, Mississippi's Secretary of State. We do have a couple of calls on the line, so let's go ahead and take talk to Patricia from South Haven. Patricia, thanks so much for calling in today. Uh, go ahead. Thank you for taking my call, and uh, thank you to the Secretary. I also wanted to comment. I have an IT background, and I like your website. Thank you. Um, <laughs> You're very welcome. My um, situation, I had a small business here, and um, I had a partner and <coughs> bought him out, and part of the agreement was that he no longer, you know, not to use my business address associated with any of his businesses. So, um, and that was agreed to. And then when I went recently, not uh, about six months ago, checking some things online, I saw where he was still using my address, business address, as his. Uh, I went and uh, called the Secretary of Commission that handles the uh, LLCs and stuff, and they told me they don't validate addresses and that they have nothing to do and they can't enforce it, and they referred me to the Secretary of State. I called them. They told me they didn't do that. They referred me back to the commission. I filed a complaint on the state website, and um, I was just curious if you were familiar and knew the situation and who's responsible. Plus, they do no address validation because... They showed their residence as uh, an address here in South Haven, but they had Coldwater, Mississippi. And, you know, there's no such address. Anyway, I'll let you tell me what you can tell me. Yes, ma'am. I, I assume, I'm not sure who you talked to at our office, but uh, Jeff Lee and his team over Business Services do a, a fantastic job. And I'm happy to, if you want to shoot us an email or give us a phone call, and I'll give you that number real quick, 601 well, I did, for clarification, I I talked to him before you took over. Gotcha. I'll tell you what. Sure. We're going to give you a call, and uh, we've got your, your number from the call in here, so I'll have someone from our office call you, and, and we'll talk through that uh, to get you a specific answer. Uh, as far as you know, what our office can do or can't do, uh, we'll, we'll be very clear on that. Uh, and as, as someone using maybe a false address, uh, there may be another issue that we could discuss with you as well. Patricia, okay. Patricia, hang on, and uh, we're going to get uh, our call screener, uh, Michelle McAdoo, to get your phone number so that uh, someone from the Secretary of State's office can get back to you, all right? I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. All right, let's go to the uh, next call. We're going to go to uh, James, who's calling from Wiggins. James, thanks for calling in to In Legal Terms. Go ahead. Yes, I have a question for the Secretary of State. Could he talk about absentee ballots? Because when I go vote, I have to show, you know, I have to have an ID, and then they have to check in the voter registry. Then I can go vote. These absentee ballots, I don't know about that. I don't trust that. How many people can take advantage of that who don't have a right to vote? 
Yes, sir. It's a great question, and uh, good to see a good South Mississippi uh, call-in uh, visitor. So, um, th- I think, in my opinion, that's probably where uh, over the over time we've probably seen more abuse than anywhere else as in our absentee voting. Uh, under the current process, obviously, if you vote in the clerk's office, uh, they are supposed to check your IDs when you go vote, uh, and then if you vote mail-in, uh, you're supposed to uh, get those uh, notarized. And so, whoever's notarizing should be checking the ID to make sure you are who you say you are. Uh, but there are instances I'm sure where uh, we've heard actually on our 82 county tour uh, where there are some nursing homes and, and other uh, groups who are, are sending in these form applications uh, for, for uh, uh, mail-in ballots that we are taking a hard look at to, to see if there is some fraud and in, in, you know in, involved with that so i agree with you uh, that's that's an area that we're going to focus on and, and continue to look at and, and i think uh, as we look at this absentee voting issue uh, as a whole with our clerks, uh, we're going to put a real hard focus on making sure uh, it's as um, as safe and secure as possible. Okay. Uh, one more question. Sure. Um, okay. I know you're, you're Secretary of State, but wh- what about on the federal level? What about that one? Like, say, when you vote for president. Yes, sir. I mean, again, you're coming into the clerk's offices and having to show an ID to vote. Or if you mail in, you're going to have it notarized. And obviously, the person notarizing should be checking the IDs to make sure it is who they say they are. So it's no different than there may be some issues federally with federal law and election law at the federal level that that could apply. But as far as election itself and us holding those here in Mississippi, it's the same process as we do with the So it depends on each state. Uh, how they handle things, right? Correct. States, uh, election law, in my opinion, is a, is a state's rights issue uh, that each state mm-hmm. should be yeah. involved with. Mine too. Yes, sir. All right. Thank you very much. You got it. Thanks, and- James. We appreciate you calling in. Well, Secretary, I, I know I appreciate Patricia's call when she said that your website is really good. And, and there's so much great information on the Secretary of State website, which I'm sure we'll have posted on, on the, uh, the web page for in legal terms. And uh, you can get information about elections. You can get information about the census, the SIP plan. Talk about uh, y'all have done a great job maintaining this. I know uh, Secretary Hoseman, well, now Lieutenant Governor Hoseman, also did uh, a great job with this. I think, you know, of all the websites in the state, uh, Secretary of State's website is the one that is, for me, most useful. So we appreciate that. And, and I want to you've got information about the SIP plan. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. And, and uh, to the website point, uh, we've we've revamped it a bit, but you're about to see a complete overhaul of that. And it's going to be even better, even easier to use for Mississippians. And one of our, our plans has been to focus on customer service to make sure that, again, as a limited government individual, uh, when, when government does exist and has to exist, it should serve Mississippians well. Uh, and that's included uh, with our websites and online applications. And I give a lot of credit to Secretary Hoseman for bringing automation to the office over the past 12 years in his three terms as Secretary of State. And with that, uh, you know, the last four or five years of my legislative career, got the question quite often, uh, why does it take me so long to get a driver's license? Uh, what, what is going on over there? And so we kind of started thinking through that. And then on the campaign trail, really kind of hatched this plan. Uh, well, you know what? 
Secretary Hosman's done a really good job of automating the office. Uh, there's a focus on customer service. Uh, you know, it's, it's an administrative clerical type function, uh, licensing is. And so it just fits better at the Secretary of State's office. Why don't we develop a plan and talk about that on the campaign trail? And so that's what we did. We put a group together, um, be it attorneys, uh, business folks, uh, people that were retired from DPS who had had uh, quite extensive experience with the DMV on their side. Uh, we put in uh, commercial truck drivers, uh, you know, got their, their expertise. Um, we put in uh, several folks that really had good information and background uh, that we could come up with a plan. So we sat down and just dove into it and, and pulled it apart and picked it apart and figured out, you know what, we think there are 12, 14, 15 points that we can do better uh, where Mississippians will be able to have a, a more efficient uh, streamlined process, uh, more automation, uh, and easier to get your license. And so here's our plan. So we came up with the SIP plan, and uh, it's on our website. So I'd encourage your listeners to go check it out. Uh, and we've got all of our points on there. The plan itself, uh, and there's a, an op-ed that I wrote kind of talking about it as a whole. Uh, but I want Mississippians uh, to, to get the service that they deserve. And so we feel like it's a great fit at the Secretary of State's office. Uh, but, again, it's one of those things that's a big change. Uh, it's one that's probably going to take a little bit of time. Uh, we've uh, introduced our legislation on the Senate side and are working with Senator Parker from DeSoto County. He introduced it for us, and uh, we'll, be, we'll be working that on the Senate side and hopefully build the momentum. And uh, it's encouraging. To me, just to, when we're traveling uh, everywhere we've been so far, somebody has asked about the DMV and what we can do about it. And we, we talked a little bit earlier about the, our clerks. And one of the things that they're seeing is a uh, motor voter that is under the DMV. When folks go to get their license, they can check a box to vote to register. Uh, we're seeing some duplicate records and we're seeing some, you know, some information that should be cleaned up that they could have a, a better chance to register people correctly. So uh, there are lots of issues out there. And then I'll say this, uh, you know, I, I've got a, a three term, 12 year career legislature with plenty of proof that I support our men and women in law enforcement. Uh, this is no slight to DPS, uh, in my opinion. This is taking a burden from them. That's, uh, again, an administrative and clerical function, taking that off of their shoulders and allowing them to do their core function of protecting Mississippians. Uh, it's the Department of Public Safety, and it's called that for a reason. Uh, so we believe we can turn those troopers that are in the Driver's License Services Bureau uh, back to the roads uh, to protect Mississippians, and we can handle that administrative and clerical function at the Secretary of State's office much better because that's in our wheelhouse. That's what we do uh, in our business services section, and uh, we're prepared to give that to Mississippians, uh, and it's something that they, they deserve. Well, thank you. And that, yeah, one of the things that we, we see in the uh, driver's license department is uh, real ID. Could you talk a little bit about that? Because we know to travel uh, in, in the upcoming fall, uh, this coming fall, if you want to fly, you're going to have to have a real ID. And Mississippi was a little bit ahead of the curve from because there are other states who have not caught up with that. But could you talk a little bit about real ID? That's right. Uh, and you mentioned it, flying uh, military bases or federal buildings, October 1, 2020, which is coming up uh, later this year. If you want to go to any of those places, you're going to need the real ID or you can go with your passport uh, or a military ID as well. So... Um, the federal government came up with this several years ago uh, in response to 9-11. Uh, I remember early on in my Senate career starting to talk about real ID and uh, what that looked like for our state, uh, implementing it in Mississippi. Uh, and I'll give, I'll give a shout-out to the DPS here. Uh, they've done a good job of getting the ball rolling. Uh, we are one of the states on the, the front edge of this. I think just over half of our uh, licenses uh, have been renewed with the uh, gold star on them. Uh, so if you, if you pull your license out, you'll see it in the top right corner. There's a gold star. 
are. And so that means you're a real ID compliant. If you pull your license out and you don't see that, then uh, I encourage you to start thinking about it. If your license expires within six months of that uh, deadline, you can go get the new license renewed. Or if it does not, uh, you can go get a duplicate license, which is $11. Uh, and they're going to check certain documentation. It's just to make sure that there's a, a, a process for all states to follow. Uh, that, you know, you are who you are, and people use their driver's licenses for a lot of different things. And uh, so we wanted a standard, or we, the, the federal government wanted a, a, a standard procedure uh, for all states because different states issue their license in different ways. Uh, so that's where Real ID came from. Again, if you've got your passport, you, you don't have to have it to drive. You don't have to have it to vote. Uh, it's just uh, to, to fly and or to get on military bases or over the government buildings. So uh, check your license again and, and look for the October 1, 2020 deadline uh, and, and get to the uh, DMV to get your license. And if you'd like to hear a little bit more about that, In Legal Terms did a show on October 22nd in real In Legal Terms, Real IDs. You can listen to that podcast or find it on our webpage, inlegalterms.mpbonline.org. We kind of chronicled after I got mine a duplicate there. We are talking with Secretary of State Michael Watson about voting and his office's goals for a DMV system. What states have primary? on March 10th and who runs the primaries and caucuses. We'll get into that a little bit on our next segment. You're listening to In Legal Terms on MPB Think Radio. Deep South Dining is the show all about the culture of Southern flavor. From fried chicken and collard greens to shrimp and grits and a glass of sweet tea. Subscribe now to the podcast using any podcast app or download our MPB public media app. You're listening to In Legal Terms on MPB Think Radio. Professor Richard Gershon, he is our resident expert, and we're pleased that our show is available live at 10 a.m. Central on MPB Think Radio. Hey, but it's also a podcast, and there are so many different podcasting platforms. I'm using Podcast Addict, but I'm kind of shopping around to change. I, I downloaded the uh, app to my phone, and then I touch a plus, and that takes you to a page to search for podcasts. I typed in in legal terms in the search area, and it brings up our show with our little uh, image on there. And then you, you touch that photo and then subscribe, and you're notified when any new episodes are loaded up, if you wish. Now, Idaho, Michigan, Missouri, North Dakota, Washington State, and Mississippi will be selecting party candidates for the general election in November 2020 on Tuesday, March 10th. Now, that's spring break, y'all. So if you're going to the beach or the mountains or Disneyland or World, you might want to get find out how to vote absentee Tuesday, March 10th. And these selections in in Mississippi, it's a primary, and they're conducted by the Republican and Democratic parties in each of the counties. This morning, we're talking with Michael Watson, Mississippi's Secretary of State. Professor Gershon, uh, you're uh, going to be in town for the the 10th. I am, and I'm going to be voting uh, in the primaries. But uh, my daughter, who's out in California, will be voting absentee. 
Uh, and so that's, you know, she college students need to think about that. Those uh, of our students at the University of Mississippi need to think about, are they voting in Mississippi or are they going to vote uh, in their home state? They have that choice uh, and making sure that they take care of that. Now, Secretary Watson, now let's talk a little bit about that. I mean, the, the Secretary of State's office conducts elections, and we usually think about the statewide elections for things like governor. What role will you play in the primary election? Yes, sir. So, uh, again, being a bottom-up state, uh, just important folks to remember that. Our, our counties actually run the elections that are in charge of those. Uh, the parties are running the primaries, and typically what you see, the parties will contract with the elections commission uh, in, their, in their separate counties to, to help run those elections. So we, we'll oversee as far as uh, offering advice on election law and other issues and uh, driving the word out and uh, making sure that people understand you, you need to go vote. Uh, that's your opportunity to have your voice heard, and we, we cherish that, that right. Uh, uh, you know, one of the ones that uh, so many Americans went and died and, and fought for. Uh, so it's something that we should, again, continue to put a focus on. And so absentee voting obviously is uh, is live right now. Uh, you can go absentee vote at your circuit clerk's office. Uh, you have until March 7th at noon, the Saturday before the election day. And then if you do a mail-in absentee vote, you have until March 9th at 5 p.m. for those to be received. And so that process, obviously, you get an application, you mail it in, uh, they'll return a ballot, uh, vote your ballot and mail that in as well. So we're working on that now, and that's one of the questions we've talked to some clerks about. Again, the absentee process, how we make that better. We've also talked to uh, a few <coughs> individuals about, you know, how do we in- include or make it easier uh, for, for folks that are off at college uh, to vote? And uh, we're going to at some point in time, I want to sit down with our registrars at our different colleges and universities and, you know, kind of ask them, look, what, what's uh, what's a process that you think may be viable um, on campus here? Uh, how can we do this better? Uh, because we want everyone to have the opportunity to vote. Uh, again, so important and something that we shouldn't overlook and, and put mo- mo- as much focus as possible on. So uh, don't forget March 10th, if, uh, if you're not going to be available to vote, please go absentee vote. Uh, your, your voice is important to us. We want to hear you out there expressing your opinions and, and and voices at the polls. Well, thank you. And, you know, one one uh, thing that we know for state elections, you need to have an ID. Well, you need an ID for the primaries. You do. Uh, again, voter ID, uh, it's uh, one of the things that I was in the legislature when we passed voter ID and, and really enjoyed that debate on the floor and just the whole process of talking through it. But being on the floor and, and walking through it really gave me a, a good insight uh, to the Secretary of State's office as far as voter ID is concerned because I you know, know the arguments for and against. Uh, I've, I've I've seen it. I've heard it. I've participated in it on the Senate floor. Uh, so now being, uh, you know, kind of overseeing that at the Secretary of State's office has uh, been a, an enjoyable um, thing for me because I had, I had a part in putting the law into place to start with. Um, there are roughly 10 forms of ID that you can use. And so I'll run through that list real quick. Your, uh, your driver's license, a government-issued photo ID, U.S. passport, government employee photo ID, your firearms license, a student ID from a Mississippi college or university, your U.S. military photo ID, a tribal photo ID, or other government-issued photo ID, and then obviously the Mississippi voter ID card. And that's something that's very important. I hope folks understand. We've issued roughly 8,000 voter ID cards, and a lot of people talked about, you know, this voter ID, uh, putting it in place is going to disenfranchise folks, and uh, you know, people aren't going to be able to vote. 
And we've seen quite the opposite uh, when you issue 8,000, roughly 8,000 IDs for people to go vote. And these, you know, some of these folks never had an ID. And so now they have an ID to go vote and participate in that process. And not only did we offer to provide you with an ID uh, early on, we would even go out and pick you up and bring you to the courthouse and help you get an ID. So uh, it's important that people know we want to be out there to help. And uh, I will say this really quickly. If, if folks uh, need an ID uh, or some kind of assistance in, in obtaining a voter ID, uh, you can call us at one eight four four ms voter so it's one eight four four ms voter and uh, we want to help you and make sure that you get an id uh, because again uh, it's one of the basic rights that we have it's a, it's a fundamental uh, underpinning of our country uh, that folks can have their voices heard and so we want to help as many people as we can to get to the polls and uh, that's an important piece of our democracy all right, and we have a call from Macomb. Alice is calling in about uh, driver's license gold stars. Alice, thanks for being part of In Legal Terms today. Go ahead. Uh, I'm kind of confused. Do I have to change my, I don't get my uh, driving license renewed until February the 6th, 2020. Could I still vote without the star, or do I have to renew and get the uh, star? No, no, ma'am, Alice, you are absolutely fine to vote with your current ID. Uh, I was in your territory uh, a few weeks, uh, well, last week, I guess, I was down in Pike County and uh, had a great visit with your, your team down there, your clerk and the elections commissioners, and got a lively bunch down there. Really enjoyed that visit and, and really uh, built a good friendship with those. So appreciate what you guys are doing down there. And, and again, you do not need the gold star to vote in this primary. Okay, so I'm all right if I ain't going cross country and stuff until I get it renewed. That's right. You're all clear. <laughs> Ooh, uh, have, have a great day. Thanks thank for calling. You. All right, bye-bye. Thank you, Alice. Let's go to Tom in Tupelo. Tom, thanks so much for calling in today. Go ahead. Well, I just wanted to let the Secretary of State know that uh, I just recently started an LLC, went to the local office here in Tupelo. The gentleman that was working there was extremely helpful. Um, there's nothing that he could have done better. And, you know, he's actually made follow-up calls to make sure if I had any other questions, you know, to, to let him know. So I want to let you guys know that it's you guys are doing a great job. <laughs> well, I, I, I really appreciate that and appreciate you uh, taking the time to, to call in. And uh, Jeremy Martin's up in our Tupelo office, and uh, he, he's fantastic. Uh, he, he cares about Mississippi, uh, obviously cares about customer service, as you've seen the follow-up calls. And I, I hope you would receive that from everybody in our office. And uh, it, it's so fun for me and, and really gives me a lot of pride when I walk around. And, and folks say, hey, look, I called your office last week. And, man, they were so helpful and, and really uh, took the time to, to answer all of my questions and, uh, you know, when you have a callback, uh, man, that's going the extra mile. And so that's what I, I want the office uh, to, to know or for Mississippians to know. That's that's how our office interacts with you. Uh, and we want to be the ones that are customer service focused and oriented. And even if you call our office and it's something that we don't do, uh, we want to be the ones that say, you know what? That's not our office, but we know who it is. And we're going to get you a phone number or an email address and, and we'll get that to you so you can get the right service uh, at the state level. I think that's important for all Mississippians to know. All right. And yeah, so if I, you I, need to get uh, a, ride, a ride to get an ID, if you don't feel like you have an ID, maybe you're uh, expired or haven't driven in a while and you want to be sure to vote, uh, the Secretary of State's office will help you get an ID. Just give them a call statewide, 844 ms 
voter and just look at the little buttons on your on your phone to to figure out what those numbers are. Eight four four MS voter. We are speaking with Secretary of State Michael Watson. Where can you find out if you are registered to vote, where you vote, and what's on your ballot? This is In Legal Terms on MPB Think Radio, and we will tell you right after this break. Hi, I'm Ryder Taff, Portfolio Manager at New Perspectives, a fee-only financial advisory and co-host of Money Talks. Each week, we take your personal finance questions and tell you about a money topic we hope you find helpful. Money Talks can be heard Tuesdays at 9 a.m. on MPB Think Radio. Podcasts can be found on our website, money.mpbonline.org, or on your smart device's podcasting platform. Thank you for being a part of In Legal Terms. Don't forget the ways you can hear our show. Live on MPB Think Radio Tuesday mornings. Recordings on inlegalterms.mpbonline.org. Also on the MPB Public Media app. I'm Liz Gill, and I'm here with Professor Richard Gershon from the University of Mississippi School of Law. The Office of Secretary of State has the Y'all Vote website. Folks can type in their name, the last four digits of their Social Security number, and their birth date to see if they're registered. And then there's a place for you to put in your street address to see where you go to vote. And my favorite, it tells you who's on the ballot. No, no guessing. You get to see who is on your particular ballot. Because if you live one street over, it might just be different. We are talking with Mississippi. Secretary of State Michael Watson today. Well, Secretary Watson, uh, we really appreciate it. I have to say, I look at your website and I realize all the things that the Secretary of State has to do in terms of business formation and services, charities, public lands, elections and voting. So there's no way that we could cover on this one one hour all that you do, but we appreciate your work. Um, what uh, We recently had a, a show on the census uh, with Dr. John Green, who does our uh, Center for Population Studies here at the university. And, you know, how important is it for Mississippians to uh, to actually count uh, in the census? Oh, man, it's uh, it's incredibly important. Uh, you look at all the things that the census in Obviously, the federal dollars uh, that come to our state, but not just that, uh, the, the redistricting process that's a, you know, coming up uh, with the legislature and not just the legislature, but your local offices as well. Uh, so it's an opportunity for us to say, you know what, uh, you will recall several years ago, we lost uh, one of our congressional members because of our population decline. And a lot of folks kind of out there talking now that Alabama may lose one this year. So uh, having the federal voice and, and a, a larger delegation obviously is important for a number of reasons. But uh, a lot of that that's based on our population. So it's important that we have everyone counted, uh, you know, stand up and get counted is, is what we're telling folks. Make sure that uh, you do that. And it's it's constitutional. I've heard a lot of people out there say, well, it's just the government. No, well, I know a lot of distrust of government. I get that. But this is a constitutional and a legal deal that uh, we need to participate in. Uh, so you're going to start receiving information uh, coming up here in March. Uh, the, the National Count Day, I think, is, is April 1st. Uh, so our office has uh, engaged with the governor's office and, and a few others to really start spreading that word and, and letting people know uh, just what the census is and why it's important that you're accounted. And again, the redistricting process here at the state level uh, is one that it's going to be impacted by that. So please, uh, please stand up and be counted. Uh, it's important for Mississippi as a whole. 
And if anyone wants to listen to uh, the In Legal Terms show where we talked with uh, Professor Green from the Center for Population Studies, that was our January 28th. 2020 in legal terms, which you can listen to on our website or as a podcast. Let's take uh, another call. We're going to go to Charles from Greenwood. Charles, thank you so much for calling in legal terms today. Go ahead. Yes. Uh, does the Secretary of State have any words regarding redistricting? Yes, sir. Obviously, that's that's uh, handled. Uh, the numbers from the census will drive that, but that's handled by the legislature. Uh, it's a process that we will hopefully have a voice in and, and meet with our legislators, and you know, obviously, talk to them about the importance of uh, making sure we get this thing right, uh, one one man, one vote. And so, uh, it's it's an important piece. And there's actually a federal lawsuit out there right now on the Senate District 22, close to where you are, uh, and, and how Mississippi does the redistricting. So, we are awaiting a ruling from. Uh, there was an ombud here actually a few weeks back so we're waiting a ruling from the fifth uh fifth circuit there and i think it's going to be a good one i hope uh, the questions that they were asking during the hearing was uh, really indicative in my opinion uh, of which way they were leaning so uh, it's a good one again it's a state's rights issue uh, mississippi should be allowed to do our redistricting based on our laws and our constitution uh, so yeah we'll, we'll play a role in that as far as meeting with our legislators and encouraging them to uh, get this thing right it's it's important uh, redistricting impacts are obviously our entire state so it's one that we want to focus Focus on and be a friend to the legislature, and, and, uh, and, and obviously uh, shed what light we can on the process. And, and having gone through that twice, um, you know, as a state senator, it's uh, it should be an important piece and one that we can add some value to. Thank you, Charles. We appreciate you calling in today to ask about redistricting. Well, that, that was a good question, and uh, you know, Secretary. Um, I was wondering, uh, is there if anything about the Secretary of State's office we haven't talked about today that you would want the, the listeners to know uh, in the time that we have left with the show? Yeah, I think it's important. Everywhere we've gone, we've tried to, you know, on the front end of our speeches or wherever we go talk, just let people know what, what it is that we do. And you touched on it a little bit earlier on the website. There's so much information out there. But there's really kind of three areas that we focus on. Uh, obviously, number one, elections. It's, it's the face of the office. Uh, but it really, it's only 20 25% of the things that we do. Uh, the business services side is really what takes up the most uh, of our time with your LSEs, your corporations, your nonprofits, your securities, your uh, scrap metal dealers, your sports agents. Uh, cemeteries, and the list goes on and on and on. Uh, but that's where our customer service fo- focus really uh, pays off. And uh, so anybody that has questions about businesses or securities or, you know, you name it, basically, that falls under our, our purview. So we want to be helpful with that. And then lastly, the public lands piece. Uh, so Tidelands uh, issues from the coast, uh, 16th section land questions, um, and then forfeited properties. So those are kind of the three areas that we focus on. Uh, that's a 30,000-foot view. Obviously, you can dig down into the details and it's a, it's a lot more out there. But uh, just encourage people. Look, when you have questions, please call us. Uh, when you see me in the grocery store or in Walmart or wherever, uh, stop me, ask your questions. We, we want to be helpful. Uh, it goes back to what we started off this, this show with, uh, just a servant's heart. Uh, and that's, that's why we're here. We work for Mississippi. Uh, we work for all Mississippians. And we want to be there to be uh, helpful and to shed uh, information when we can uh, and help folks be educated on the issues. Uh, that's important for us. 
one of the one of the major things that you you deal with is uh, registration of charities. And while you were speaking just now, I checked to make sure that a, a, a charity that I, I sit on the board of is uh, is actually registered, and we are. And uh, it's good to know. But people can find out so much information on your website about if they get a call from a charity or somebody wants to uh, wants them to donate money. Uh, your website is a great resource to, to see if that charity really exists and is registered in that's, Mississippi. That's right. And Tanya Weber and her team are just incredible. Again, I, I could go down the list of all the folks um, that, that are so good at office. I've actually got my chief of staff, Keith Davis, with us here in the office and just been a godsend. Uh, he's, he's been such a, a valuable piece of what we're doing at the office. And I could go down the list and talk about him. But you're right. Uh, charities are, are an important piece of what we do. And uh, that's, that's hard-earned uh, dollars that come into those. So we want to make sure that's spent properly and folks aren't taking advantage of people. Uh, Mississippi, the hospitality state is so giving. Uh, so we want to make sure that we're safeguarding those dollars and they're spent wisely and properly. Uh, so the charities division, uh, they do a great job. And please call us again if you have questions on charities. We're, we're happy to give the information that you need. And thank you. And, you know, the, the uh, other thing I think that's important for people to know uh, before we close today is what what is the, the last day they can register to vote? Yeah, so a great question. Obviously, 30 days out is the deadline uh, to register. So uh, you can't register for the March 10th primary. That, that date is passed. But if there is a runoff for some reason, uh, March 2nd will be the cutoff to register to vote for that runoff. Uh, and then on into November, 30 days before the, the, the vote in November as well. So uh, it's important to know that that March 2nd deadline, though, uh, if just in case there is a runoff, you would be registered to vote into that. Yeah, well, you've got until October 5th to register to vote for the November election, but don't put it off. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's exactly right. Uh, your, your voice is important to us, and uh, we, we want people to, again, to, to treasure that right to vote. That's, that's an important one that a lot of people sacrifice a lot of things for. And while you can't register to vote over the Internet, you can make some changes. If you move, you can uh, do your change of address on the on the website? You, you can. You can update your information on the website. And there's actually uh, some conversations going on, on now uh, about online voter registration. So you, you may see uh, more conversations about that coming up. And that's another thing we're going to be talking to our clerks about. And this wonderful website, it's so easy to remember. It's the Secretary of State's office. So it's SOS. And it's Mississippi. So it's .ms. And it's the government. So it's .gov. SOS.ms.gov. And you can just click away and find all sorts of information. It's it's one of these things you just start going, oh, wait, I didn't know that. Oh, wait, that's interesting. That's oh, exactly wait, right. I'd like to hear a little <laughs> bit more about that. That's it. Come visit us. So, Secretary of State Michael Watson, thank you so much for making time and coming to visit with us today. You're very welcome. It's important that we talk to all Mississippians. Well, and this is heard all over the state of Mississippi, and it's also heard all over the world if you listen live on the MPB Public Media app or online. And you can listen to our podcast. should be ready this afternoon. That's going to wrap us up today for In Legal Terms. Our call screener today has been Java Chapman, and our board engineer in Jackson is Jay White, who was our numbers guy. So he reminded us that 1-844-MS-VOTER, if you need assistance to get an ID to vote, that works out to be 1-844-678-6837. So for Professor Richard Gershon, who hosts from the University of Mississippi School of Law, I'm Liz Gill. Join us every Tuesday at 10 a.m. for In Legal Terms on MPB Think Radio.
This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. 